quarterbacks are going higher than ever before, except for maybe 20 years ago when everyone drafted one in the first round. But in modern fantasy football, this is the craziest quarterback landscape, particularly with ADP we have ever seen. Multiple quarterbacks in the second round, tons of quarterbacks in the third, fourth, fifth. The sleeper, air quotes, sleeper quarterbacks, not late round picks anymore, going up more into the middle round. So how are we going to make our way through these drafts and build teams that can win best ball tournaments? We brought in the expert, the master of the Konami code, Rich Rebar, a.k.a. Lord Reeves, to talk with us and guide us through our decision-making process, both for the quarterbacks and how we can maybe divert from the quarterbacks and find a way to build really high upside best ball teams in 2023. And then we're going to hop into a big board draft to put it into practice. One All day, right, guys. One day, Go ahead. I want to have a contest, and I want to see who of the two of us can do the longest intro before we actually start the show. Yep. And I think I'll win, to be honest. Dude, I'm very wordy. It's it's my it's it's in my blood to like like be very very wordy. So um, that also is what has made me be able to have this stupid. Uh, uh, podcast, YouTube show, or whatever, because I can do a, I can do a solo live stream, dude. That's not a problem. I'll talk for an hour. Ask my wife. That, that's that's not a problem. <laughs> well, as you said, we have the Konami, the Konami code himself, Mister Up, Up, Down, Down, Left, Right, Left, Right, BA Start, coming in to tell us more about the uh, the the quarterback situation. Apparently, my mic is quite low. It was me before we went live, and now it's you. It's probably that light you got in the background causing some issues. It's just sapping all the energy. Exactly. <laughs> anyway, I do want to. I do want to obviously thank Rich for for joining us. I know. Um, again, we were talking super briefly before the show. This is the time when you are in the fantasy football space, or really just like the NFL space, right? Where you know that there's stuff to do. You know that there's analysis to be had, projections, rankings, and all of that. But you also know that in a month starting you know basically with the NFL draft from there through the next January is just going to be a full crazy grind how how tell the people how are you you feeling right you know right about now as we're closing in on you know what is especially now man with best ball like the summer's even crazier than it ever was before so how are you kind of feeling heading into the summer yeah, I mean, we've already got main tournaments already kind of popping off here. And, you know, everyone loves to, to chase that lottery ticket, you know, especially, you know, Crane coming off of his huge win. Yep. Uh, you know, it's, it, everyone feels because like every, you know, when you have someone win that like everyone feels like they know, they, it feels like obtainable, right? Like it's not just like when you see like yep. someone that wins the lottery, it's like, oh, well, I could do that. I can win it. You know, I can win it. Yep. So uh, it kind of feels like that. But yeah, it's kind of feels like summer vacation is kind of over. Very short lived summer vacation, but uh we're kind of back on with free agency kind of wrapping up. I mean, this was kind of a very lackluster free agency period. Definitely probably one of the more since I've been in the industry and covering the NFL, which is man, like 12 years now I've been doing this, <laughs> uh, where I've been writing articles and creating content for it. But this was one of the softest free agencies for sure. And, uh, you know, I think it's just a testament on what teams value now positionally. Uh, I think a lot of people understand that, you know, if you want an elite edge rusher, if you want an elite cornerback, if you want an elite wide receiver, like 
you don't get these guys in free agency. I mean, the only way to obtain these guys are either via trade or you've got to draft these guys and extend them right afterwards. And I think this period, this free agency period, definitely illuminated a lot of what positional value was because there was no one at those positions available at this free agency. I can't That's believe a good... that Nelson Aguilar signing with the Baltimore <laughs> Ravens didn't get you to go from six to midnight immediately. <laughs> I mean, technically he is. I mean, I was looking at the Ravens, you know, I was doing some, uh, talking about for the show, I was doing some of the projections this week and getting all the teams set. And you, some of these rosters, man, are so brutal. And I'm like, oh, wow, the Ravens didn't even bring back Demarcus Robinson. I was like, this team is hurting. I was like, they're really struggling. Like, you didn't bring DeMarcus, stud Demarcus Robinson back. Uh, it is rough. Uh, some of these rosters, like I was doing the Packers and, you know, obviously they've got Christian Watson, but like the current wide receivers that Packers have on their roster right now, and maybe, Hey, maybe they get Corey Davis on some kickback on this Rogers deal or something, but it is brutal. Some of these rosters on some of these teams right now and, uh, is rough out there. They it, it really is. Sorry. They did just say they want to bring in a veteran to go into that room as well. So it, it really is interesting though, that, that you say that because, um, we just created some ownership projections for best ball, like the first version of some ownership projections, obviously projecting the amount of times every single player is drafted. Uh, most players, of course, being drafted in 100% of, of drafts. But but the biggest thing being uh, like player combinations, like separate of team, but also like inter-team, right? And most people would say, okay, it's a quarterback and a wide receiver stack. That's always going to be the, the highest yeah. – um, owned combinations and I do think once we get to best ball mania that will be the case but we found in throughout this process that right now this the big board which we're going to draft a little later is so crazy and so weird and I do think this offseason is so different that there's a lot of play like we're also projecting the combinations just within the first eight rounds right now and so like throughout the first eight rounds there's not that many combinations of teammates that you can even draft. And then all the quarterbacks go so expensive. It's a lot tougher in the big board specifically to like find these stacks and correlations outside of, right. You can, you can always throw on some super cheap wide receiver or tight end late or something, but like, that's not really the, you know, that's not really where our money is made. It's, it's with the, the big time uh, wide receiver stacks. And it's very hard to do that because like you said, we don't even, is Lamar Jackson going to play and what team is he going to play for Aaron Rodgers, right? We didn't know for most of the big board where Jimmy G was going to end up and where Derek Carr was going to end up and all that. So it's led to this tournament being super unique in terms of the stacking and all that, because of exactly what you outlined about how kind of crazy this offseason is. And it's still not even really close to over with some of the big dominoes that still have to fall. No, we got no schedule out either, so we can't even galaxy brain, you know, our, our playoff stacks or any our late season stacks, which is kind of fun, right? Because we're, we're flying blind is, is kind of fun because you feel like you have like a, a little micro edge in a little bit if you're on top of your game and you're on top of ADP, you're on top of projections or trying to skate to the puck where some ADPs might rise over the course of the summer. Uh, but also we still are just missing large sections of the puzzle. Like they're just pieces we can't put in and that makes it kind of fun. It makes fantasy fun. I think so. I think so too. Rob, what has been, um, we'll get to the quarterbacks here, here in just a second, but, um, and you've probably done more of the big boards than, than I have. Um, I've been trying to stay on top of baseball and NBA playoffs and I'm trying to learn NHL. My God, uh, that's, I'm so far out of my depths trying to look at the NHL stuff, golf, they got golf, best ball, right? If you're into best ball or fantasy sports, now is a wonderful time to be on, uh, underdog, but, 
what has kind of been your view into like the correlations and maybe specifically QB stacking in the big board where it's a little it's a little tougher, not just because of ADP, but also because we don't know where, where the hell a lot of these guys are even going to play. Yeah, so we've been I think the one good thing about us particularly is we've been ahead of the curve on this quarterback thing. We've been talking about it, I think, since like probably last October or November that we thought this year quarterbacks were going to get pushed way up the board in these drafts. And we were right about it. And so, like, the shock value isn't there. I, I watched some other people that have been doing drafts on streams and stuff, and they're all, like, still shocked by the sticker price of some of these quarterbacks, like Mahomes in the second and stuff like that. And it's, like, it's all kind of relative to me. Some of them still got to me. Trevor Lawrence in the fifth still felt really high at, in the beginning. But now I'm looking at it like, I still want these premium guys and I can still stack a guy like Patrick Mahomes with all of his weapons relatively cheap. Yeah. I'm investing a lot of capital in Mahomes, but I can get Kadarius Tony in the seventh round. I can get MVS in the 13th, 14th round right now. I can get some of his stacking partners super late. So I can still get premium guys in other spots. Uh, particularly with him, you can do it with Josh Allen too. I mean, you're never going to stack him with, with Stefan Diggs. It's if you get that stack, great. It's hard to get right now. But everyone else, you can get wherever you want with them. Uh, and we all know what the Jalen Hurts situation is. It's A.J. Brown in the first. It's Devonta Smith in the second. And you're probably not getting Jalen Hurts with either of them. You can get, you can still get the A.J. Brown, Jalen Hurts stack, but you're not double stacking with those two guys. But you can get Goddard in like the seventh or eighth. So I can still get these quarterbacks, get a stacking partner later, and I'm happy with it. And these are the guys that have the real 40-point upside on a weekly basis. And so Rich, I'm what taking them. Rich, what has been your, like you said, uh, we'll be ble- you'll be blessing us with your first big board draft here here sh- shortly. But obviously, you're aware of kind of the QB QB landscape. What's been your like first kind of initial takes on? I mean, there's three quarterbacks going in the second round. You know, Joe Burrow's <laughs> going. Joe Burrow's going in the third round. Some of these quarterbacks who we used to like in like the tenth, the Trevor Lawrence's of the world are going in the fourth, fifth round. What's been your your first kind of initial takeaway on that? Yeah, and I, I wrote about this too last offseason. No one reads anymore. I should have probably made a YouTube video. Maybe <laughs> maybe people would have seen it. But uh, uh, I've talked about like how the quarterback position has been changing in fantasy, and it's it, it's almost like it, it's not quite as cyclical to where like our father in laws are running fantasy leagues and they're drafting Peyton Manning in the first round and you know Drew Brees. There's all these pocket passers, right? Because now we have like the true like because the, the Konami code has evolved. Like when I wrote that article back in 2013, now uh, it was about. <laughs> Tim Tebow and Terrell Pryor had been announced as the starting quarterback for the Raiders at the time. And that was kind of like what led to writing the article. And it was literally basically talking about just how, you know, rushing is this unaccounted for weight of scoring for quarterbacks. But people like see a bad quarterback, they're not going to draft him. Like probably the best modern example has been Taysom Hill the past couple of years. Like he's like an old school, true Konami code quarterback. So it's like all rushing. It's just floor based. But what happened is just the evolution of humanity you know, just better athletes are playing the quarterback position now. And now you're not only getting guys that can run, but they're also throwing 30 passing touchdowns. They're throwing for 4,500 yards, right? And like that, just those types of guys never really existed. Like you'd run into like the one Mike Vick 2010 or Cam Newton 2015. But now you just have guys like Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts. And like the the gap that those guys put on the field, because what it, it, it does in turn is it makes the pocket passers 
walk this just razor tight edge, right? Even the guys that give you a little sprinkle of comedy, take like Justin Herbert, for example, last year. Justin Herbert dips last year in, you know, touchdown rate, right? Like he is a, he's over 5% his first year. He goes at three and a half percent last year. He doesn't even rush for a touchdown uh, at all last season. And it just craters him. Like he just can't keep up with those guys. And, you know, maybe you end up getting that from like a, a Joe Burrow this year, like, but it just forces those guys to be so perfect for fantasy football. And it's just hard to sustain that, right? Like, it's just really hard to say, like, hey, my quarterback has to throw 40 passing touchdowns to compete with my other guy that's going to throw 25, right? Like, uh, so it's just very hard. And it's made these guys their own, like, separate sub-tier. And it's pushed them back up and being fantasy relevant. And no longer do we have, like, the old-school late-round quarterback, right, where you can draft your streaming matchup at the start of the year because you're just trying to arbitrage passing stats. You can't do that anymore because everyone understands now the value of rushing. And if it's attached to a guy that also has passing upside, it just pushes those guys and kind of like this elite tier. And you kind of have to have one of those guys. So if you look at just the past three years, I've got some data on this. If you look at guys that are taken with QB 180p uh, in fantasy football drafts, these are the guys that are just dropping the hammers on you. And last year we did get a, a couple more guys in the door because we had some guys fail. We had some injuries to Kyler and Lamar. Russell right. Wilson was, was trash. Matthew Stafford was trash. <laughs> uh, but when you still look at the guys that still are providing like the big top, the top six, the top three in the QB one scoring weeks, they're all the guys that are taken with this premium ADP. Uh, so over the past three years, uh, quarterbacks with QB1 ADP have accounted for two-thirds of the top six scoring weeks, 66%. Uh, over 70% of the top three scoring weeks, all three seasons. And we were talking about the, the number one score on a weekly basis, 75%, 89%, and last year, 73% of the number Jesus. one overall scoring weeks of that given week. So, I mean, to get your hands on these guys, you've got to pay that tax now. Yeah. And people, people are still so sticker shocked, like I said earlier, that they're not doing it. And maybe the thought process will come around. But for now, I'm just hammering Jalen Hurts. I'm hammering Patrick Mahomes. I'm taking Josh Allen. I'm I'm just doing it now. Like, I, I tried the late-round QB thing this year a little bit. But your late-round QB builds still have to start at, like, the seventh or eighth round, theoretically, to even get anything viable. And at this point, I'm just like, I'm just going to take one of the best three quarterbacks. And, and the worst part and, is everyone understands the archetype now of like what explodes, right? Like yes. we had Mahomes uh, in, in 2018. We had Lamar in 2019. You have Justin Fields last year, right? Who was like QB, like 12 to 15 ish. Uh, everyone knows what they're looking for. So even when you do kind of go those late round guys or people are drafting their QB twos, they're elevating like those types of guys. And they're pushing those guys higher the, up the board than taking a, a, a Jared Goff who could be decent or a Derek Carr, right? Like they're pushing up the – even guys like Desmond Ritter or like Sam Howell who offer a little bit of upside. Like people are targeting those guys. Yeah. Yep. And, it, the, I think I think it makes sense – sorry, Rob. I think it makes sense to still, you know, utilize those, those guys. But like you're not winning your entire tournament with Sam Howell, right? It's like right. <laughs> it, he can be a very helpful piece to your fantasy football or best ball portfolio. Similar to like I equate it to I'm not saying Sam Howell is this, but that archetype, like you said, to like Daniel Jones last year. Daniel Jones was a huge win. Was he ever really one of the top quarterbacks in any given week? No. Like, was he DFS viable sometimes? Sure. You know, was he giving you good scores? Yes, of course. I mean, he ran for 700 yards and said, like, he was kind of, he's like the Konami code, like you talked about, like the Terrell Pryor. He ran for 700 yards and seven touchdowns, and he only threw for 15, for 15 touchdowns. So he hung in there. 
because he was rushing so much and being so efficient. But like you, you're not going to a, you're not going to always nail that guy. Right. Shout out Trey Lance, you know, Trey, like yeah. you, that happens too. you know, that happens to Trey Lance happens or other guys happen. Sam Howell could lose the job. You know, and there's only a couple of those guys. Uh, and I, I think these rookies are interesting this year. But again, you know, depending upon where Anthony Richardson ends up, we could be having a Trey Lance situation two years ago, Trey Lance situation where he's going, you know, in the freaking he's going at like 75th overall by the time by the time, you know, June gets here because of like you said, everybody knows. Right. I think that quarterback I, I keep going back and forth on this. So I want to get you guys take on this. While you guys both seem to be like, I we got to pay that tax. It is still like ingrained in my brain, you know, from old school DFS and stuff. It's like I'm not paying more than fifty four hundred for a quarterback. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna get a good score from from uh, you know whatever whoever is playing a uh, uh, Nick Mullins, right? Nick Mullins is in there for the 49ers. I'm just gonna roll him. He's gonna give me twenty two points, and I'm good. And so I you I still have that a little bit naturally ingrained in me. And you do have how. Daniel Jones, maybe some rookies this year or whatever that do provide some juice, potential juice late. And so I, I really do just keep going back and forth on how do I navigate my way to the top of these best ball tournaments best, right? Cause it's not about building the optimal team. It's about building a team that can, you know, leverage off of, off of your imp- opponents. But if there's no cheaper quarterbacks to use to create the leverage, then it doesn't matter if you faded the right. If you faded the early quarterbacks and you just draft like Mac Jones and Jimmy G, like who gives a shit? That didn't help you at all. You have to be able to, you know, find Justin yeah. Fields and find and Tua to a lesser extent, even though he's a pocket guy, right? But you have to find the guy that kind of can help you match them. And so, like, how are you thinking about that in terms of maybe that next tier, right? Uh, of mm-hmm. guys, is there is there a way to is there a way to leverage or arbitrage off of those those second round quarterbacks? Well, we, we talked about some of the archetypes and you bring up a good point too. So while we talked about there is inherent leverage with these, like this top tier of guys in the quarter position, you still have to run that up against the leverage you might create at other positions too. Uh, are we foregoing, you know, what Travis Kelsey has done, right? Like obviously he's going in the first round, so he's probably not the greatest example, but <laughs> you still might be able to get, you know, one of these other tight ends that can push Travis Kelsey. And then they, they're still providing massive leverage over the rest of the field. Like we had Mark Andrews two years ago. Yep. Uh, and then you, the running backs, I mean, still like, you know, I know that this is, you know, bringing up running backs here with Eric here is, 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 is a <laughs> tough subject here. But still, like, if you're talking about where the top of the running backs compete with the rest of the field, the fantasy football, it is in this area of the draft, these top two rounds, right? Like, this mm-hmm. is where they do actually compete with the elite wide receivers and they do actually compete with the elite quarterbacks in terms of positional leverage. This is where you either you either draft these guys early or then you just skip them, right? The dead zone is what everyone's been kind of brought to kind of, kind of understand. But, like, are you taking a quarterback over a guy who could potentially be like the RB one, right. And offering right. this massive leverage. So there is kind of a dance to play with now everyone being aware of the quarterbacks um, because they still are providing thinner leverage in context of that sub tier. Right. So you just wait, do you wait for like the, say you have like a firewall, do you just wait for like that, that wall to hit, like say maybe Deshaun Watson's your guy. Right. And yeah. after Deshaun Watson, it's like a, a jump, but like Deshaun Watson might go two rounds after Jalen hurts, but still might be able to compete with him. Whereas, you know, running back and wide receiver, that's not the case, right? Like you're not getting your odds of you getting like a running back in the fourth and fifth round or a wide receiver in the fourth and fifth round that's going to compete with Justin Jefferson. It exponentially shifts. And it's still, that's still not the case at quarterback. So I still am kind of looking to kind of see where I can say it's not late round quarterback, but, but late 
tier one quarterback kind of, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, where right. I'm still not going right. to be, I'm still not going to rush to be like the first guy in the room. I want them to kind of dictate where that firewall is going to be, but I'm definitely looking at like the Deshaun Watsons, the Dak Prescott's of the world. Uh, Trevor Lawrence probably is too, too expensive. Now, even Daniel Jones still worries that, right? Like there's still just not a lot of believers in Daniel Jones. Yep. Uh, he kind of fits that mold uh, that you look at. And then probably some grosser guys. I mean, uh, I hate to say it, but like right now it looks like because everyone jumped off the Russell Wilson bus. Like there's just too much talent there. I think to completely fade Russell Wilson uh, again, like especially with Sean Payton and like all if if we get to this point in August where they haven't dumped all these wide receivers uh, yeah. and, and like, you know, you start to get some positive news maybe on Javante Williams coming back like that team is just too good. Like there's too much talent there to for us to not to nibble back on the Broncos again, even though they I just they just, just absolutely cratered our season. Oh, last my year. God. That was so that was so brutal. Rob made a song about it. <laughs> Rob, Rob, made a, Rob made a freaking song about the Chiefs and Broncos and then drafted a bunch of MVS and uh, <laughs> and, you know, Cortland Sutton. And we saw how that how that went. I was just going to add that uh what you mentioned about like the cutoff the the daniel jones guys like right sprinkling in or or they're like your qb2 right finding finding this year's daniel jones or you get two of those guys like yeah you you, you ping back back well yeah yeah, or yeah uh, even like even if you want to go especially in the big board with 20 rounds if you want watson as your qb1 and then you're like okay and then howl and anthony richardson or whatever and like i don't know who's gonna hit here they're probably not all gonna hit but also I got three shots to find Daniel Jones and Justin Fields as opposed to one. And, and then you have that ability to match those elite quarterbacks. And then the other thing was um, obviously it doesn't always play out. This is a one year uh, example, but like last year, what you just mentioned with like Deshaun Watson was basically Jalen hurts. Eventually hurts flipped Kyler. Um, and so then, so then I'm smashing Kyler and that did not quite work out as well as, uh, as Jalen hurts, but that, that was Jalen hurts last year. It was like everybody with a brain was like, okay, once I get to that hurts or Kyler that were like the QB six and QB seven or something like that. It was like, after that, it's like Brady, Dak, you know, Stafford Carr. like, eh, I don't, I don't know. I don't know about that. Right. But everybody knew that last elite tier, those guys were the elites, those six or seven guys were the elites. And it was like, what is the difference between Hertz in the sixth and Justin Herbert in the third? Like, I, I would probably prefer the upside of Hertz. I guess he's a little rockier, but like, you know, finding that I think will be important this year. And sadly, I do think it probably is Deshaun, Deshaun Watson, um, you know, which is painful. But I, I think that that's really, really, really important this year. Like, I think QB is odd. It's it's weird because it's the most efficiently priced position so in in theory it should be just like eh, it doesn't really matter that much just the market's smart about all these guys but how you navigate it across like all your teams that you draft is great is like crazy important because like if everybody's good at this how the hell do you beat them you got to yeah. do something to beat them yeah kyler in general is going to be really interesting too how just people handle that obviously right now it's a little different you know we're in march but we're going to progressively get more information on kyler as the summer unfolds and he's you know, obviously everyone's kind of anticipating like he misses a section of the start of the season, but does he end up coming back? And, and, and are they in a jailbreak situation too, where they're just not good, right? 
And, you know, so there's just a big wild card with Kyler Murray right now. And um, I'm curious to see, like, how people are handing, handling him, like, as the summer progresses, especially in these tournaments where it is best ball, right? Like, you don't have to start. He's not eating a, a roster on your season-long league, right? Like, he's there. You're counting on him for, like, the back half uh, for the upside. Because he was awful last year and was still really strong for fantasy. Yeah. So. He's scoring, like, 20 <laughs> points again. He's scoring, like, 20. Everybody's talking about how awful of, like, a pick Kyler was. It was because he went next to Hurts. But, yeah. like, he's still scoring, like, 20 points. 20 points a game and even though he's running less they stink blah 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 like he, he that's the power of that that player so the one thing i want to hit on is the stat that was like jarring to me is the one where you said that the elite quarterbacks were at the top of the field 66 to 70 percent so we give a range of like 66 to 75 percent my brain always goes back to poker like what i'm thinking of and we're firing 150 bullets in this best ball tournament we're practically pushing all our chips in. We're going all in pre-flop on this tournament, right? And if you're telling me I can get a 2-1 to one to 3-1 to one advantage over the field by having these guys at a 66 to 75% clip, like in a poker tournament, I'm all in pre-flop. I have a 2-1 uh, to one or 3-1 to one edge. I want it every time like because I'm going to win mm-hmm. the majority of those, uh, of those spots. I don't want coin flips. I want an edge. And it feels like we're getting a massive edge with these quarterbacks is my... And do you think then you can then you that's where you can just kind of take that take what Rich has outlined in terms of like this is nothing is a guarantee this is almost a guarantee in terms of your weekly upside and and weekly almost production that's not even a projection it's like your weekly production at this position is going to outperform your opponents at an extraordinarily high clip so just like take what we're getting right you're you don't have to feel good about the price necessarily in the landscape of how we drafted for a decade but just take what the market is giving to you take what the nfl is giving to you really the nfl is giving us these quarterbacks just take them plug them into your team and now let's figure out maybe where the leverage is right that's another way to look at this like you don't have to have leverage across your entire lineup you know what i mean again go you think poker i always think dfs and it's like dude when dalvin cook was out and alexander madison was 5k on DraftKings, like I just played him. I, I I wasn't getting leverage with Alexander Madison on my, on my team. You just write Zeke's out, play Tony Pollard. You're not getting leverage there. We may not get leverage at quarterback. It doesn't have to exist everywhere. But if you're not getting it there, we do have to get it some somewhere else, right? So we got to construct our rosters to find the leverage. And uh, uh, again, I, I, you know me with the running backs. I do think that like <laughs> how you handle your running backs, it doesn't really matter if you draft them early, late, whatever. But I think um given like say you spend a second round pick on a quarterback rich outlined about like you know third fourth fifth sixth round running backs are probably not going to be able to get you that leverage oh, so wait till i hear these third round running backs are- <laughs> well yeah. this i haven't drafted yet this year so we have first draft and i can already ahead, tell you though that uh man the, the running back position looks like the all-time worst i think we're going to see people draft wide receiver heavier more than we ever have in, in a season yeah. yeah, I it's the running backs so gross across the board. Like like they're Robin just and more talking... and and this class is solid. Like they're just more capable people for the jobs in the NFL than there are jobs available. And it's the inverse for wide receiver, uh, which is crazy because everyone's like, well, this wide receiver class isn't as good as the past two years. And it's like, well, it kind of doesn't really matter because the opportunity still exists for all these guys. Like they're just there's so many of these players are going to walk in or be forced into opportunity because so many teams just need wide receivers and viable wide receiver play. Uh, the NFL all time is now using more than three, four wide receiver sets, you know, and, and nobody runs that deep, especially when you account for injuries. Even a team like the Bengals the last two years, they're, you know, are, are have deep 
their three wide receivers. But when they have to start getting into the Mike Thomases and the Trent Irwins like they have the last two years, nobody's nobody's deep enough. So, I mean, even the, even if you don't love this class, a number of these rookies are going to run into opportunity. There's just the jobs are available for wide receiver production. Yeah, it's crazy uh, at running back that we still have a bunch of free agents who, like you said, are like they're NFL players. They're good football players. Yeah, Kareem Hunt for, is still for, out there. Like, Kareem Hunt's <laughs> out there. And there is not there's nowhere to go that he lands and you're like, boom, great fantasy pick. You know what I mean? <laughs> Devin Singletary's on the freaking Texans. You know what I mean? Like we're excited about Rashad Penny and those kinds of things, but still it's like Rashad Penny's in a three-way committee, just like my, just like Miles Sanders was. And like it, there's just, like you said, not enough jobs and we haven't even got to the NFL draft yet. There's not enough jobs for the free agents to be relevant. And now we're, and then we're going to, I mean, Bijan's going to land somewhere and take somebody's job, right? Jameer Gibbs is going to land somewhere and take somebody's job. And that's not even, that's just the top two guys. We haven't even got to the depth of the class. And so, uh running back is is tr- that makes that makes running back tougher to draft everywhere like any strategy though right like because i mean it go to cmc cmc has eli mitchell there am i saying eli mitchell you know is it going to be a full-blown 50 50 thing no of course not but like also they did show they're going to use eli mitchell e- when when he's healthy even with christian yep. mccaffrey and like there's just concerns. Austin Eckler doesn't even want to play for the Chargers anymore. Like there's just so many questions about every single running back. And so even the contingent guys that we used to know and love, like they're going to have concerns. The league is just, it's is just different now, right? Running. We're talking this whole time about how quarterback is different, but running back is running backs probably even more different. Yeah. We don't have like the, the true like standout guys for this time last year, when you're drafting, it was so obvious, like, that Saquon Barkley was such a steal, like at, yep. at like that point of the summer. He was going in the third round in the offseason to start off. No one wanted to draft him. Everyone was tired of the previous two years. We don't really have like that guy. And then by the time we get to August, you know, Saquon's going at the one-two turn, right? Like we don't yep. really have kind of that guy right now. We what do you what do you talk? 102. I'll pick. Do we yep. just go to Marches? Oh, 102. I'll nice. I'll let Rich decide. Uh, I mean, I'm fine with it. To me, uh, yeah, I mean, if you're talking from like a, an age spectrum, like Jamar Chase stands out. Uh, I am also like immensely high on Tyreek Hill again. Uh, he's another okay. guy I thought was undervalued last year. I think when you just look at the Dolphins in general, like Mike McDaniel passed the test of the sniff test of uh, understanding what was important for us to fans as well, of getting the ball to your best players. Very yep. underrated. Rational <laughs> coaching win. Uh, for Mike McDaniel, but I don't think anyone really gives credit to how amazing of a season Tyreek Hill had last year. Like, I think it kind of went under the hood a little bit, just like how ridiculous he actually really was. And he probably underserved touchdowns production. Um, right. Yeah. And, I mean, and Waddle and Waddle went, and Waddle probably outproduced his touchdown expectation with the shout out to him, by the way, though, the the like 88 yard touchdown or whatever it was in week 16. That was just the most absurd play I've ever seen uh, <laughs> helping helping me advance in best ball teams to the finals. But Waddle and of course, Waddle and Tyreek are going to have catch and run like that. A, that's what the offense does and B, they're two of the best on the planet at that. But Waddle was consistently like, holy shit, Waddle just scored a 65 yard yard catch and run touchdown you know the old school Debo over the middle yeah. Kyle Shanahan thing whereas Tyreek was like dude Tyreek is just always open. I mean you want to talk about 7-11 Chris Hogan needs to go ahead and give up the Tyreek is literally always open like they're doubling him all the time nothing matters he's just I I, I don't know I this is not to say anything about the person or, or you know whatever I, I've never seen anything like 
like Tyreek Hill as a as a as a football player, and he he defies the odds because he's so small, and I think people can't wrap their head around right. They they picture that dominant of a wide receiver being Randy Moss and Terrell Owens and that kind of thing, but like I never seen anything like I guess Randy Moss in terms of dominance and how they dictate a game like Tyreek Hill does. Tyreek has been moving up the draft board in some of the drafts that I've been lately. He's been going at that three or four spot instead of the five or six. Um, what we need to look at right now is Bijan went 104 in this draft, which is oh baby oh, before CMC shocking. <laughs> yeah, I was. Uh, I was thinking, I'm like, wow, what are we gonna address this? Because this is uh, this username is username etr sub. Did they just did Leone just run some projections that uh, put Bijan <laughs> as the 101? I mean, where do we think Bijan's going is the next question. Like, I could see him going to so many different spots uh, in the first round. Like, I keep getting the fear that he's going to Dallas. My wild card uh, team that I think no one really talks about is uh, the Chargers. Yeah. Uh, Ooh, oh, my God. Don't, don't. You're making it move over here. That would be that. Well, obviously, you have the, the correlation to the Eckler stuff if something were to fall out there. But I also think that there's just truth of, like, you know, they want to have someone with Eckler if Eckler's even there. And Eckler's going to, you know, he's 28 now anyway, so they're probably going to be looking at the point of phasing him out. Also, Eckler's interesting because no one ran as pure as Eckler last year. First of all, he was, even, he was, he was hardly even – he was very inefficient, but all the receivers died. To like kind of boost up his target share, and he just got so fat on touchdowns again. He feels very fragile again, and uh, I say this as someone that got absolutely smoked fading him last year uh, <laughs> yeah. and going back to the well. But like, man, he feels very fragile again this year. I totally agree, and um, I will be. We'll we'll be doing this show. We'll bring you back again next year. Oh, he's a one hundred percent like anti Bimefor guy because like he's you not went... even like an old school like workhorse guy. No, like there's no reason for me. Like he doesn't like he, he gets high value touches, and he's a good football player. Those would be the reasons why I would why I would like him. Of course, catches passes right. He's really good. He's also like a fun player. Like he does fantasy football podcasts. I, oh, I like all of that. Yeah, you want to root for the guy, but like. He comes out, he's the antithesis of what I'm looking for. Right? He came out and said, I don't want the goal line touches. We need someone to take me off the field, you know, and everybody else is just like, nah, fuck that. Austin Eckler's awesome. I'm still going to take him in, you know, in the top five or whatever. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. And then he just goes out and dunks all of, all over me for the second year in a row. <laughs> prepared. Mentally prepared. All right. So we're approaching here. Uh, what are we at? Let's see the, let's see the, um, available players reeves and i are not uh as in in tune with exactly who's available at every pocket yeah so we're gonna be drafting towards the end of the second round here right now okay we're at, like, yeah, i saw someone in chat ask uh if i i i, I, I turned my dgen card in for not drafting but listen <laughs> I, I like to take time off man this is what it is i like to take you know, i like to unplug i got a lot of a lot of uh you know media to catch on that catch up on that i missed out on from september to january so we are up next. We're seeing people like Josh Allen, T. Higgins. I would just pound Josh Allen here. He's the running backs that are still available are really good. We see Nick Chubb. We see Brees Hall. Oh, yeah. We see Tony Pollard. So we could grab Josh Allen and still grab a really decent running back here on the turnaround. But what are you guys thinking? I'm totally fine with Allen. Obviously, the counter is wide receiver is getting a little bit more thin with so Olave Metcalf, but I, I, we maybe can get one of them on the way back if Vaporware doesn't take. Yeah, so kind of we are approaching kind of that wide receiver firewall as well, and I yeah. would say like guys like DK Metcalf, I think Garrett Wilson went, right? 
I'm assuming he went. Yeah. So like, that's kind of the firewall of like where guys, I believe have like true wide receiver one upside. Um, and then we're kind of getting into the, I was going to bring up, you want to talk about an anti bind for a running back. I do really like Nick, Nick Chubb in the early third here. Um, yeah, uh, same. He also pops in my early projections. His snapshot went way up last year. Also, the Browns ran uh, a lot more out of 11 personnel than they ever have under Kevin Savansky. Nick Chubb averaged almost seven yards per carry uh, out of 11 <laughs> personnel runs. They obviously add Elijah Moore last week. I think we're going to see Nick Chubb catch the most passes. And when I say catch the most passes, he's not going to catch 50 passes, but he's probably going to catch the most passes he has. He has the elite touchdown upside always. Uh, you're just hoping he doesn't get hurt. That's a running back. But so I we, do I do like him a lot too. Yeah, we so we went Josh Allen, Nick Chubb. And what I was talking about with the third round running backs is I love that little pocket for the running backs right now because I like Nick Chubb in the third. I like Tony Pollard. I like Brees Hall. I think part of what you're talking about with the quarterbacks, like the worrying about taking losing out on one of the running backs, I think those guys are perfect. And if the spots flip, where some of these quarterbacks go to the third, it's going to flip with these running backs. So you're still going to be able to get these combinations. Yep. And That's Nick fair. Chubb in these types of tournaments and formats absolutely maximize what you get out of him compared to like a redraft league. Cause Nick Chubb in historically in weeks where he has not scored a touchdown, he has not been fantasy viable and we just get to dump those weeks. We just yep. completely get to dump them. Whereas you're eating those in your season long leagues. You're just not benching Nick Chubb. So you're eating those lower weeks because he does have a lower floor than some of his peers due to that fact. But uh, yeah, he's 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 great for these types of formats. Do you think what what would you put like from a probability perspective on? So Hunt is gone, Dearness is gone. It's Jerome Ford right now as as his backup. But I guess best case scenario is I don't know. Technically, Hunt or something could come back. Right? It, it's very wide open. But let's just say they don't, and it's Jerome Ford or you know another late round rookie in that running back room. What would you put like in terms of his potential to? be more of a, of a, of a workhorse. Of course, it's not going to be, you know, what people think about as a workhorse, old school, right. you know, old school, uh, late Le- bell or anything like that, but playing more passing downs, right. Playing a lot more snap, even coming up from the snaps last year and just kind of being the man in the backfield that gets spelled as opposed to the, like, he was really kind of a committee back for most of his, for most of his career so far. He's just so awesome that it doesn't feel like he's in the committee. Yeah, I think the, the odds are strong, very much similar to like what we've seen from Josh Jacobs the last two years, where a lot of people just dumped out that like Josh Jacobs isn't going to catch many passes. He's t- he's rushing reliant. But there's we talk about like degree of difficulty for running back targets. You don't really have to be able to catch the football, right? Like there are very <laughs> few running backs that actually add to the receiving game. Leonard Fournette's been like this the last couple of years, right? Like Leonard Fournette doesn't really add anything to like the receiving game, but he can catch baseline running back targets, right? Like Nick Chubb is an Alfred Morris. Like he's not going to, he's not out here just like swatting the ball down. and can't catch <laughs> like the baseline for running back checkdowns. Like he's capable of catching those types of passes, right? You just need the opportunity. Like we've seen like Josh Jacobs has not really done anything the past years with the targets he's gotten, but the catches still count, right? Leonard Fournette, yeah. the catches still count. So he definitely has that, uh, that, that, that kind of like floor to maybe catch 35, 40 passes, right. And get there. I always talk about Travis Etienne with that because people came in and they're like, "Oh, he's going to be Alvin Kamara." Because you just look at the you look at the box score and you're like, "Jesus, this dude caught a lot of passes at 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 Clemson, and you know he's really explosive." So is Kamara, blah blah blah. And I'm like, "You need you should go back and listen. You can probably dig it up on the interwebs." 
uh, ETN talked about in his early days at Clemson. He knew he was going to try to go to the NFL. He knew he, he could not catch. Like, literally, he, yeah. he can't catch the ball. He was like, I spent all day every day on the jugs machine. He said, I'm still not very good at it, but I had to learn how to just catch checkdowns. He's like, I have to be able to just catch. And that's all he does. Just check it down. I can catch that. But he's not Christian. Christian McCaffrey's a glorified wide receiver. <laughs> you know, like, he can run routes and actually do stuff out of the backfield. But you know, for fantasy, we don't give a shit. Like, dude, catch six balls for 35 yards. Awesome. That's great. I love that. Uh, we are coming up. We're on on deck here. Oof. Some of the wide receivers are getting pushed up in this particular draft. We see Michael Pittman, Christian Kirk, Terry McLaurin still on board. Keenan Allen, Jackson Smith. Um, is there any way that you guys are leaning on these wideouts? I want to hear Rich's take. Uh, yeah, kind of a, a still nice little pocket here. Uh, you know, I think when you look at the, some of these teams that we, you know, trying to build stacks, I think one team that stands out easier to stack probably is probably the Jaguars look easier to stack seeing where ETN went and then seeing where Lawrence went. And then you could probably do like Kirk Ridley, uh, definitely can get in on Jaguars, especially if we know the division is soft. Uh, we know that the offense can jump their jumpers. Uh, I would say right now, like where you are on the board, like, uh, you know, Keenan Allen probably stands out the most. Uh, for like you know upside, we know that the that that real Kirk's high fine. floor, that real high floor there exists, and he plays the good quarterback. You know, I always want guys to play. People get into the weeds with target share and targets are outrun. Listen, you want to draft guys that plays with good quarterbacks. We don't have to overthink this, man. Like, let's not break the bank on some of these you know stats. I love these stats too. I like to get the bank. You want guys <laughs> wide receivers that play in good offense and play with good quarterbacks. That's what yep. you want. Yeah. Can I can I then uh well we'll see taking Keenan Allen there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll 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 see what Vaporware does here, but I got so I want to push for Jamison Williams here. I know that early fifth round feels feels juicy, but he also feels like the perfect, literally the perfect like best ball pick. Like I, 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 small loss, big win, big win type player. When he's popping, he's gonna pop. And and you know, the down weeks is like you said with Nick Chubb. When he when he has two for twelve or whatever, like who throw him back in the pool? We're gonna have eight wide receivers or whatever. But I I, I mean the more the more the this very short offseason so far goes on, I just get more and more excited about Jamison Williams, especially in like a wide receiver heavy draft. Like I think people will scoff at like he's basically a rookie in the fifth like in the fifth round. Amon Ra's the man there, but like dude, they're gonna score points. Like the the Lions, that's all they do is score is score points, and he's the way that I think like they score like in an explosive way that we hoped that maybe DJ Chark would be, but like JMO is like the real deal. Your filibuster worked. We took Jameson Williams. I know. I took, <laughs> I took, I took Rich's, I took Rich's cue from, uh, he, he was like, I really like the Jaguars here. And then he touted Keenan Allen. And then we yeah. took Christian Kirk. Yeah. And we, and then, <laughs> so I, I yeah, I was just gonna. I was just gonna filibuster. Uh, that's like my one guy. I don't have a lot of like super super firm takes, especially since since the Niners have robbed me of Trey Lance. Like I don't have a lot of guys anymore. But JMO, JMO's the one guy. Like I'm just I'm just gonna draft him. I, I I'm just gonna draft him. I don't really care. I actually, Lions feel like one of those teams that are real capable in these like where the early landscape looks like it is because it looks like everyone's scared of DeAndre Swift again perfect format for DeAndre Swift like absolutely yep. and he's the type of guy too with everyone backing off like he's the archetype of running back that like can absolutely smash in a stupid way if David Montgomery has like a bad injury right and they just have to play him more than they're expecting in uh, March right like there's just a, like there's there's huge upside still with DeAndre Swift and it feels like everyone's completely out on him. 
No, he's such a good example. Going. He's going seventh round now. And insane. I'm That's insane. In a That's ridiculous. Like you could argue he was overpriced last year in the second, and that's fine. But the seventh round, all because everyone is so obsessed. And again, in, if you don't want to draft DeAndre Swift in your home league because you don't want to figure out when the hell to start him, I, dude, I get it. I'm not going to argue that. In best ball, I don't give a shit about any of that. I know he's awesome. I know that they're going to score points. I know that he has a very, very high-value touch-esque profile. And like you said – Sometimes teams get the Chargers don't want to play Austin Eckler all these snaps. The Lions don't want to play DeAndre Swift all these snaps. But guess what? The NFL season doesn't always work out right. exactly how you how you want it to. You know what I mean? Like guys get hurt. You're trying to win. The Lions, I think, are going to win a bunch of games again. Like it may week twelve might get here. David Montgomery's hurt. What are they going to do? DeAndre Swift has to play more. Just it is what it is. And like we don't care how it happens. We just care what. what once it happens, what's he going to do with it? You know, Craig Reynolds, shout out to Craig Reynolds, you know, or Justin Jackson. I actually don't hate them as football players, but they're not going to make DeAndre Swift not a fantasy smash in the seventh freaking round if things go according to plan. And he's going to provide usable weeks regardless. It's not like he's not going to play. Right. I mean, so Deion, look at last year when he was getting 10 touches. He's still ripping touchdowns. He, he scored a touchdown in 55% of his career games. The only <laughs> running backs that have scored a touchdown at a, at a per game rate higher than DeAndre Swift in their careers are Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, Jonathan Taylor, and Brees Hall on a small sample. That's it. And you're getting Jeez. the seventh round. There's still upside there, too. I mean, yeah, I feel like people that when you get in the projection game and we're in projection season, people look at like these linear outcomes. Right. And they don't think yep. about range of outcomes. The seventh round is smash time. That is a smash spot for DeAndre Swift. Yep. Um, before we get too far away, I was just going to point out that I love the fifth <laughs> round for wide receivers. That Williams, Pittman, McLaurin, Chris Godwin area. I find usually Drake London's right down there, who I like a lot this year as well. We see Burrow and Lawrence get double tapped at the end of the fifth, sixth round. Uh, That's interesting. And ETN, so they did a little Jaguars there, although he took both quarter, he took two quarterbacks. Um, Lamar, let's talk about Lamar. Where are you guys thinking is going to happen with this situation? Because I think the range of outcomes with Lamar right now is the widest that it could possibly be between getting traded and I could just see him sitting out for the entire year. Yeah, definitely the risk. Yeah, definitely the risk. I don't know where I thought two weeks ago it was absurd to think he wouldn't be on the Ravens. And now I feel differently about that two weeks <laughs> <Yeah>, later. <laughs> like when everything was going on, I was like, well, there's no way he's not going to be on the Ravens still. And now I feel like, well, shit, man. Now maybe we, does he sit out? Does this thing, where does this thing end, right? Like, where's the end game? It's harder to see, I think, a little bit right now yep. where we are. But he's definitely that guy like that, that you're looking at, though, that subset of quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean, he, he, he if we assume he plays like and is in even a remotely decent spot, he's just a smash where he goes. Yeah, I, I do, I do love Tony. So uh, that's Rich, all I'll I say. I'm in on Tony here. I don't know if you have any uh, conflicting. Reports. Is this where he's usually going? Yeah. Wow. Right he's he's late sixth, early seventh right now. Got to pay the piper to get the to get yeah. the Chiefs upside guy. Yep. Yeah, that, that hasn't led us down the wrong road the last <laughs> four years. Both chief, we both drafted every Chiefs wide receiver last year, and they all freaking sucked. And we keep drafting Kadarius Tony, and he freaking he freaking sucks. And surely the combination of the two will not will not be a disaster at all. 
Yeah, Mahomes led the NFL and you know, passing touchdowns and yards with none of his receivers were usable. Pretty incredible. Yeah. <laughs> we do have Josh Allen, right? Um yeah. I really don't love Gabe, but um what? I'm a, yeah, but uh, I'm fine I'm, on the buy the dip because I feel like just Gabe's going where he should have gone last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I, he's I a think... touch he's a touchdown heavy guy, and he still scored a, a good amount of touchdowns. He's gonna he's their best run blocker, so he's gonna play still a ton. They love him in the run game, so he's gonna lead the team probably in snaps. Um, I I feel okay with him, especially in this format, um, just because the 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 post hype kind of guy. Uh, yeah, definitely feels like I got let down by Gabe. There's no way I'm touching him. He sucks at football. Uh, where he's still probably going to score seven to eight touchdowns easy. He's he's a great he's he was last year like I was talking about Jamo. He's a a less talented version, but of of okay. Jamo is like everybody viewed Gabe as like he's not good, you know. So I can't draft him or whatever. And guess what? He still had multiple like twenty five plus point weeks. Like at his end of year results don't look awesome. Right. And like you said, targets per route run, yards per route run, all that stuff. He doesn't pop anywhere. Well, A, he plays every snap, you know, because like you said, he's playing on the in the run game. Diggs is coming out. The slot guys are coming out, whatever. But like, I don't I literally don't care about any of that. I care about the three for 180 and two <laughs> games, you know, that he always does every single year. And you just hope that they're in the right times. Uh, my only concern that I want to ask you guys is like. A lot. There's just tons and tons of rumors. Nothing like from the Bills or anything, but about them bringing somebody in, right? That oh, nuke sure. or nuke or obviously a rookie or whatever, and um, just that he isn't really that that uh, you know every snap player is more back to the bit role that he was uh, two years ago. Yeah, it definitely exists this time of year. Uh, I would say too, this is probably a team we throw clear Shakir in the in the pool for sure. Yeah. Uh, definitely a clear Shakir type of team. Definitely, but. I mean, like that's the stuff that you're always going to worry about with, with the Bills because we want to always add firepower to them, right? Like that's we're always going right. to galaxy burn that situation. And we're looking at Gabe Davis in the seventh round. We're not looking at Gabe Davis in the third or fourth round like we were last year. So mm-hmm. the the cost isn't the same. So I'm fine with smashing a seventh round pick on Gabe Davis to get those. He had 800 and something yards last year and seven touchdowns. Is it great? No, but for a seventh round pick, I'm fine with it. Right, and a couple of you know, if he could catch, that would be nice. Uh, but like you know, dropping a couple of long balls down the down the sideline, Josh. Allen, I, I thought, Rich, I don't know what you think about. I didn't think Josh Allen played very well last year. Um, definitely the back half of the year, and you look yeah. at like some of the advanced metric stuff, like you know EPA per dropback and stuff. He definitely did not play well the back half of the year. Yeah, so I mean. You, yeah, you just there's a lot of upside in the Bills, I think, across the. I mean, Diggs is really expensive, but like even Josh Allen, we got him at the end of the second, right? Like he could be like who knows what happens. He he could be going in the late first by the time all this settles for Best Ball Mania. Obviously, this isn't that tournament, but this is a good uh, area for the board. I like the way that looks. That's a good spot, I think, for Brandon Cooks. Uh, you know, Rashad Bateman. Mm-hmm. Those are good prices. I saw Hollywood Brown was like late six. That's another good spot for him, uh, especially because you know a lot of people probably are taking into account what the quarterback situation looks like there, but also aren't pricing in what he was doing without nuke the the first six games last year. Like he was a locked in wide receiver one with Hopkins off the field last year. Obviously you're going to ding that a little bit because you know, you might get Colt McCoy for a stretch, uh, but definitely pretty good price on Marquise Brown there. I was playing him in DFS when he had Colt McCoy at quarterback. So I'm not going to back down in the seventh round or whatever, just because he gets a few Colt McCoy weeks. Like I said, he's getting double digit targets. Like, so he's offsetting the potential. So he's losing efficiency, obviously, right? But he's gaining volume with 
with uh, with Colt during those weeks that Colt McCoy was in there and Nuke was out and Rondale was out and and all of that. Um, so yeah, I, I I don't know. I I don't feel like much has changed for Hollywood in terms of like how we should be viewing him from a best ball perspective, but the market is tanking him, and I don't. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. And there's Watson. That's like we talked about like the firewall. Like that's a great spot in a draft like this where we took Josh Allen in the second round and someone's getting Deshaun Watson in the eighth round. Big time. I think he's going to get – so it's great right now, but I do think Watson is going to get pushed heavily yeah. in the board in the next yeah. few months. He's like so. a fifth-round pick. I, th- I think he's like a fifth-round pick is where I would, like, just off the cuff, put him, drop him into probably. Yeah, he should, he should be, be like Lawrence. Perfect. He should be, like, close to Lawrence or something. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Darren Waller going in the eighth is suspect. Um, I couldn't do that right now. I mean, I know they people don't are, have much there, but... People are loving, yeah, the new landing spot. This is the range where the wide receiver spot starts to get, like... Really, really gross. Up ...and really gross, so... I'm glad that we have five <laughs> already. Um, let's just run through our team while we're waiting. We have Josh Allen and Nick Chubb at quarterback and running back. And then we have Jamar Chase, Christian Kirk, Jamison Williams, Kadarius Tony, and Gabe Davis. So I like it. I do like the team we, so far. What do you guys think about Khalil Herbert? With Demont gone, well, for this pick right here, yeah, I I like Herbert a lot. Um, I also do like James Cook with the roster that we have, having Josh Allen. That's true. We do have the Bills. We are in on the Bills, but I'm down for I'm, either or. I'm totally yep. Either is fine with me. Preference, Rich, break the tie. I would say the Bills stack breaks the breaks the tie. All right, so let's grab James Cook. I mean. We might get Khalil Herbert. We might get both. And who knows? I don't. Yeah. I think some people in the chat are in here in this draft. Yeah. Uh, we'll yeah. <laughs> Vapor <laughs> wears in the chat. He's definitely gonna snipe Khalil. Oh, Herbert. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen for the for the content vapor. Don't do it. <laughs> Hashtag <laughs> content. Yes, we. Uh, <laughs> but if you look at the wide receivers now, we're looking at like Michael Thomas, Jacoby Myers, Elijah Moore, Juju, Darnell Mooney. Oh, he didn't take him. He didn't take Herbert, so we can double tap running back here I, if you guys I'm, like. I, I'm cool double tapping it. All right, let's double tap. The... Herbert feels like my kind of a running back pick in the ninth round. Like, yeah, I know, I, I, it's I know another situation get... where it could just be better than assumed right now. Um, because a lot of people, you know, they neither one of the it's hard to project who's going to be like the passing down back there because you know, you add Travis Homer and neat Foreman's definitely not going to be it because he hasn't the last two years played any snaps in passing game. We haven't really seen Herbert get those snaps either, but just range of outcomes when you're talking about those three backs in that system, he still is the guy that offers like the, the least resistance to kind of still explode. Yeah, and I like I like Foreman too. It's kind of one of those situations where like on it, whoever gets the football is gonna is gonna be good for for fantasy. And like I I can't you know I, like you you mentioned it earlier with like people um, thinking really linear you know, in a linear manner with like their projections. Like if I created my projection, it would I don't know that Khalil Herbert's gonna like totally pop for me. He's never he that, won't. Yeah, yeah, but but like all I need is the it's the swift thing. It's like I know he's gonna produce when he's out there. So like whether he just outperforms Foreman, whether he gets the passing down work, whether he gets all the high value touches, whether Foreman gets hurt. Like I I, I don't know, but there's tons of scenarios that he just smashes, and like he's probably gonna be fine, no matter what. Like at least like usable here and there. The miss here could have been not scrolling down and getting Rashad Penny. 
That what what fun. tight ends are available at this juncture in these things? Uh, it's like the Dachshund Knox, Fryermuth range. Okay, I don't mind. So there is. I don't so mind. Fry, I, don't mind said, I think Fryermuth solid. Um, Fryermuth obviously Knox fits the uh, the, the stacking. Uh, Aconquo is the terrible two. There that roster too. Like if you look at what the Titans currently have right now, like guy players rostered. I don't like Akakwa is good with these guys. I guys have to throw to him. They're gonna like. There's just no way they're not gonna be able to avoid it. They're it just is rough. The Titans are rough. <laughs> so bad. It's their roster right now is hurting. It is bad, man. So bad. I've been trying to talk about this. Like, man, is Kyle Phillips really about to walk into a target share here? Like. <laughs> I try to throw away like four teams a year, like teams that I'm just not absolutely right. grappling. And the Titans are like a prime. They're gonna win nine games somehow too. We're yeah, all, like, yeah. Like, yeah. Somehow they'll be playing for a playoff spot. <laughs> yeah, their field goal kicker is gonna make the Pro Bowl. And <laughs> the Rabel Alligator Blood team. It was like that because like Tomlin's like that too. We're like. You know, like you think like a couple years ago when they had to start Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph that whole half a season, and they're still like 500. You're like, what the hell, man? It's unreal. Yeah, it's it's a bad roster, and I just think that I'm going to be staying clear of the Titans. Yeah, I don't blame you. Is year. Josh Dobbs back? Because you know Vrabel's he's the Browns. Gonna start. He's on the Browns. Oh, he's on the Browns. <laughs> he's Vrabel's not starting Malik Willis. They'll find somebody else. I don't care who it is. Like he, that, he is not interested in the Malik. I mean, I'm not interested either in the Malik Willis experiment. But like Vrabel is the the, the absolute opposite of a guy who'd be like, yeah, I'll just deal with Malik Willis out there, just running around throwing picks and not knowing what he's doing. Well, they're gonna have to stick with Tannehill, right? I think so. They, I don't know what, dude. I don't know what the Titans are gonna do. They're gonna be bad. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna lose. Yeah. They're going to They're lose. not going to be a fun team to watch this year, that's for sure. Um, nope. Shout out. Yeah. Shout out Dave Kitchen. So Penny's still going in a good spot in these two, and obviously you get Kamara after Jamal Williams. Obviously, you know, people are pricing in the suspension, but he's another guy. Like, is it priced in too far? Because historically, guys that are suspended have been amazing fantasy football buys because people don't know how to properly contextualize like per game scoring and replacement value, because especially this is more of a season long take, but people don't understand replacement value uh, very much at all. And they overprice like a guy missing, you know, six games, what that means for your roster, especially when your team is at its most optimal because there's no bye weeks until week five too. Right. Like <laughs> you're not taking a zero with that pick. Uh, so yeah, uh, very interesting. Kamara going at that juncture as well, even if you're pricing in a six game suspension. Well, six very games- first to, to yeah. grab him in that spot that's like it's fine because that offense i mean say what you want about car but that offense is going to be better than it was last year they have pieces there Definitely. they were not good last year but like having kamara this year if you're getting him week seven or eight and you're getting him in the ninth or tenth round it's probably a hole in my game that i haven't drafted him more right now all right, we oh are my God, we got it. We definitely got to scroll down because I don't want any of these motherfuckers that are at the top of the. <laughs> oh God, Sky! Jumping out to you guys here. I don't know how you guys feel about Damian Harris or. I'm trying we, to see. We would have both. Oh yeah, we'd have both. We'd have both. Sorry. What about Madison? Are you guys in on Madison with the Dalvin Cook stuff? I it's tough. It, but... It's tough. I get it also too, but also that's just like a QM, so we don't take Trey Lance, please. 
that's also another team where like probably isn't settled that they probably add to, they probably add a rookie uh, as well. Madison's been so legitimately like he's, he's one of those guys that's tough to get over the far because he's been such a bad real football player, but he yeah. has been fine whenever he does get the start, like for fantasy football. But so that's just the, he's a testament just where running back touches matter. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I mean, I, 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 and I, also, I swear Sky. to God, and when Dalvin Cook misses his two games a year, somehow they always come against the Lions. Like Alexander Madison has like six career starts and like five are against the Lions. Like somehow <laughs> always chases the Lions. Like <laughs> Exactly. I'm cool. I'm cool with Knox to kind of round out a, a big bill round, stack. Round out the, the Bills yeah. onslaught. We're gonna take we're gonna take three tight ends anyway. So I really hate drafting Dawson Knox, but if you're gonna do it, this is the This is the only time I would do it, is mm-hmm. when I have Josh Allen. And we're in this spot where everything's pretty gross to begin with, so that's that's been my only Knox exposure. Um, otherwise, I've been punting tight end towards yep. the back as much as I can, and just stacking up like say Jane, say I grab Geno Smith. I know we didn't this this draft, but sometimes Geno Smith will be my second quarterback. I just make sure I grab like Noah Fant or something to have like as one of my four, three or four tight ends. Like, I'm just punting the tight end position because it's just so bad. Yep. Yep, hit on anything in a, as a late round tight end, and it's just a smash. All you're fading is, like, especially this year, man. Like we used to talk about, okay, well, you got to fade Kittle and Waller and Pitts, and you know, it's like who besides Kelsey are you really actually fading with your <laughs> with your late rounds? I know those other guys will, right? Kittle will have a week and whatever. Maybe Waller will have a week now on the Giants, but like. None of those guys ever are going to project for so much better than the tight end 12 or whatever. It's just Kelsey. I know you don't want to hear it this year, but the one team that I think we've even talked about this on the show a few times, but I've been kind of projecting Lamar to because I think it's the team that makes the most sense. And I've started here. More people bring this up. But if Lamar goes to the Falcons, I no, love kind of Don't, don't, no, nope, don't do it. <laughs> It's the spot, though. Like, if, if Lamar goes anywhere, the Falcons, to me, make the most sense. I guess the Colts are okay in there as it's well. It's also a scheme fit. Art, dude, all Arthur Smith wants to do is run the ball and run zone read and, and all of that, and then, you know, play off of that to pass. To me, it, to me the one team that I've been really thinking that's not going to get in the quarterback market, especially in the draft that I always see get mocked, is the Colts. I feel like it's a new regime. It's kind of a mini teardown. Uh, yep. And, and you're expecting Stroud and Bryce Young to be gone. Is is like is Shane Sykin really going to go all in on one of these projects? Like his in his first career job. Like I feel like the Colts are a team that are are pushing are probably going to push quarterback off. Like maybe you add a guy like Herndon Hendon Hooker like in the, the, the second yeah. round or third round. But like I feel like they're one of these teams that are going to take one of the elite you know edge rushers that are going to be there at four that we know are going to be there. Like they can take Wilson or Anderson at four and just sit there. Um, and just kick the can on it, but we'll see. Like, I feel like it's aggressive if you're taking Anthony Richardson at four as a first-time yeah. head coach, and you're going to put your eggs on bats. Because if you take a guy at four, he ain't sitting. Right? He ain't. He ain't you're gonna have to. You're gonna be pressured. Just the pressure to put him on the field is gonna be crazy. You now, as a first-time head coach, now as a first-time head NFL head coach, you're gonna put your career in the hands of Anthony Richardson. You know, for and you, dude, you don't. This isn't the old. You get two years. Like they will throw you out the door immediately if they if they don't get results, and the Colts have been consistently trying to win for such a long time, right? Rivers, um, Wentz, uh, Matt Ryan—they just keep trying these these guys. Why would you then? I know 
I guess technically you could argue, well, let's do Anthony Richardson because that's like literally the opposite end of the spectrum of those guys. But it'd be like, let's just like take a breather, (laughs) take a breather for a second, build up. The team has kind of fallen apart around, right? The reason why they did all that, because the rest of the team was really good for, for quite a while. The division stunk, blah, blah, blah. But like the offensive line used to be the strength. It's gotten a little bit worse. The weapons are not awesome. Like let's build everything up and maybe we will stink. Let's get Caleb Williams. You know, let's get Drake May next year. Let's do that as opposed to like, I I would, I'm excited about Anthony Richardson, just like every, you know, idiot like me who likes the upside (laughs) archetypes. But like, if it were me and that was my career, nah, nah, wave. I'm not, I'm not tying my, I'm not tying my career to Anthony Richardson or definitely not Will Levis. That dude fucking sucks. (laughs) No chance. Yeah, that, so they've always felt to me like a team that maybe not is going to be as aggressive as people think. So maybe we end up winning a whole season of Minshew. I don't know, but oh god. Well, if that's the case, we're probably undervaluing undervaluing Gardner Minshew mm-hmm. in drafts right now. Is what I would say. I agree. If that's what we think is going to happen, he's think- li- He's live to play the whole. He's live to play some for sure. He's oh, live yeah. to play the whole season easily. Absolutely. Yeah, I think uh, I think we might be undervaluing him. But they're all they could also just be so bad where just like they default just like let a guy play again. Like they yeah. just are like, well, maybe we'll let so and so that we added to the QB room start a game, right? Oh like they kind of did that last year. Like you know, like well, yes. we'll just see what Sam Ellinger has. <laughs> oh Please don't play Sam Ellinger again. Sam Ellinger chalk week in DFS was the greatest. I would love more Sam Ellinger if it gets a Sam Ellinger chalk DFS week. That was phenomenal. <laughs> Um, to either of you gentlemen uh, I, I am a Rashid Shahid stan if that uh I don't mind Rashid Shahid mm-hmm. uh, what else we got uh guys to mix into the queue here yeah let's just throw some guys in the queue even yeah we... Shahid uh with Taekwon Thornton is another guy maybe add to the queue yeah has he has he moved up yet and ADP. Um, okay, back on the clock. Yeah, put Thornton in there. Just put Thornton in the in the queue. I don't mind the, the reach if we don't have anybody that we love. Dobbs, Pierce, Rondale. Oh, Rondale's a pretty solid guy to throw in the queue at this point. Let's take Rondale. You want to take Rondale over some of these other guys? Yeah, you're the only person that still loves MVS. Listen. <laughs> 13th round MVS. I'm we fine. Saw, I know I'm. We saw what he could do in the AFC Championship game when they actually do connect, right? And everyone else is hurt. Yep. But he's, uh, he's, you could put uh, Shakir in the queue, maybe. Uh, Deontay Hardy. Deont- this is, De- this is yes. the Deontay Hardy team. Yes. <laughs> yes. Now we're talking. Yes. <laughs> you want to talk about a, a Spike Week stamp of approval player? Deontay Hardy is absolutely. One it's T. It's H A R T. Hard T. Hardy. Hardy like <laughs> soup. Spell his name right, and we want to wrap Hardy. Hardy like soup, not Hardy like uh, uh, the Hardy Bros from wrestling. Speaking of uh, names, I just want to point out that we have someone in this draft. They do have a red badge, so they draft a lot. But their name is Underdog Fan Five Seven Nine Five. Almost think- sure that's Hacker. I'm almost <laughs> almost certain that that's Hacker. Yeah. Oh, I was just I was ready to just like tear apart this name and just be like our just our developer extraordinaire <laughs> goddamn wizard on the on the the keys 
creating all these best ball tools, I I still laugh every single time I see him in a draft. Like, what made you decide <laughs> to make your username underdog fan five seven nine five? But like, I don't I don't understand the like dark web world of the developers. You know what I mean? That like uh, you know I, I I'm probably one of like six people on the planet that knows what he looks like. And uh, it took a while for me to even you know get to see him these these developers. Hmm. It's just I felt like something that they defaulted. They're like, hey, you can't figure out a name. Maybe you should just be uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Five seven nine five. <laughs> it's like the password when you buy a router or whatever, and it comes with the pre the the password that's like you know, yeah. uh, uh, angry dog six three two four. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, saw enough of those in my lifetime that I never <laughs> want to see them again. <laughs> All right, yeah, the, we got four. We got. We got four running backs, seven wide receivers. We obviously need a couple more tight ends, and we need another another quarterback. But we're we're fairly we? flexible, right? Well, te- um, uh, technically, no. Let's go through <laughs> on our roster. We have Josh Allen, Nick Chubb, James Cook, Khalil Herbert, Alexander Madison, Jamar Chase, Christian Kirk, Jameson Williams, Kadarius Tony, Gabe Davis, Rashid Shahid, Rondell Moore. Dawson Knox. If we were going to grab another quarterback and I didn't get a chance to say it, I thought the play would have been to take Derek Carr on the comeback of the last round. Oh, yeah. we had, but Yeah, that would have made sense. Yeah, That's I didn't think about it. The play that I probably would have normally made there. At this point, we can still try to like take a late, late quarterback, but I'm almost like of the mindset that we have Josh Allen. We just roll with Josh Allen. Like, I have no problem. I have no problems. The only the only counter would be it's twenty rounds, so you do kind of have the luxury to to just take the second guy. You do, but I don't. Um, I, don't I don't care. But I, I just either way, we can look and see what we got. We are coming up on the clock. Some of the guys we have in the queue are still there, which is fun. That's yeah, obvious. those are guys we could probably wait on. Definitely Hardy, but uh, <laughs> probably not. Probably not the other two. So I would not hate double tapping them and and then hitting some late round tight ends and running backs. So do we want to take Tyquan Thornton here? I'm trying to think about do, which one do you think will last <laughs> better? Um, Probably well, Shakir, given that we have the Bills. I would guess yeah, Shakir might. All last. the Bills. Yeah, we have yeah, literally well. all the Bills. Wait till uh, we get Hardy. <laughs> do you? All the bills except for the best one. Yeah, right. <laughs> this is the Stefan Diggs has a hamstring injury team. Yes. I do think I, we're I, a little thin at RB. We have 20 seconds. Do any of these RBs I, jump out? My only bed? counter would be that I don't think that these running backs are like significantly better than running backs we'll get the next time we come up right. on, on the clock versus yeah. Shakir. And I'm not saying that Shakir is like way better than these other wide receivers, but given the team that we have, we're kind of just mm-hmm. on slotting the bills. I think he makes more sense like from in a two V two, right? You take Shakir here and a, mm-hmm. another running back. You'd rather have that than Sean Tucker plus some other wide receiver. Yeah. Next you time. have all that looks like just looking at the queue. There's all those rookie running backs. You obviously have uh, a hedge and Jalen Warren who was already an effective player. We can't do Jerome Ford on this team. Um, you got all the rookies are available though. Kendra Miller, like it's the crapshoot, right? Like wh- where do these guys go in terms of draft capital? Where do they land? What kind of opportunity? Because a few of these guys are definitely going to luck box into some some run. Yeah, I, ca- I kind of like them on this particular team. Like we got Chubb is kind of a rock at the top. Oh yeah, this is definitely. A, I feel like anyways pre-draft you always want to throw rookie running back darts. Yep, for sure. Um, 
we do have nine wide receivers right now too, so I think we should start. I think we're done. We should probably just be looking at other positions. Personally, um, we see Matthew Stafford going in the fifteenth. The Cooper Cup Matthew Stafford stack is so easy right now because it's kind of gross. So you will see. I'd almost well, I guess maybe not where he went, but a lot of times that Stafford is the second quarterback for the person that has Cup. I've done it once or twice myself as well. Um, we see Cordero Patterson go. I'm not touching Patterson this year, even if he is. No. How old is he? He's thirty-four. Uh, thirty-one, I think. Oh, only only thirty-one. Never mind. I retract my. <laughs> yeah, it's. I I think Algier is just going to get the lion's share this year over there. I think we started to see that towards the end of the season last year as well. Algier was very good. Yeah, down the stretch. Yeah, the final month. Mm-hmm. He's one of my favorite picks in best ball this year because you can get him at a relatively decent price tag, and. I just think that that Atlanta offense, if they do put it together just a little bit, it could be one of the more fun offenses and surprising. Everybody they hates the be, Falcons, yeah. They could be akin to maybe not the extent, but close to what the Seahawks were doing at the beginning of the year, where they were just this gigantic surprise. <laughs> yeah, let's play draft B shot. Uh... That would be hilarious. Um, who, I'm curious who you guys like. Um, Amongst the like rookie running backs here, or maybe the tight ends too, we could look at those two uh, and kind of see. What do you think about the guess? Yeah, Gasecki was the top tight end available. I do. I, I'm a Kendra fan. Zach Evans is fine. Um, let me see. Yeah, I I love Jerome Ford, but not on this team. Yeah, we can't take Jerome Ford. He's always a fun mm-hmm. pick at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I only have 37% Jerome Ford so far. So <laughs> Yeah, I think I, I haven't done very many big boards, but Jerome Ford is definitely my highest owned player. But in in fairness, last year it was Jarrett Patterson, a very like similar-esque uh, type of thing. Heading into the NFL draft, I'm like, it's Jarrett Patterson, the Antonio Gibson season, baby. And obviously that did not work out very well. So I'm sure that the Browns will ruin Jerome Ford for us. Probably. That's the risk you run in March. Yep. I'm excited for the draft because Dad and I feel like we can really start. Actually, like, stop just throwing shit at the wall and, like, actually have, you know, opinions on. And there's a little rookie running back run. You get Tucker, Bigsby, Miller all in a row. Mm -hmm. And tight ends. The two positions we need, these assholes just took, like, ten of them in a row. Well, it doesn't help that I'm throwing a bunch of guys on the queue on stream and they can see it. And yeah, that's all right. Let's let's screw over because they don't like buying for. I don't know um, if you know this, but everybody ah! Eric. So they're like, how can we screw over Eric? If it was just me, they'd be like, oh, Rob, have whatever you want. You're the greatest host at Spike Week. And I <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's good. Yeah. Oh, my well, God. Well, there's wild the cards items. to throw. Like uh, Jelani Woods is probably still out there. Uh Probably both likely and Woods are still there. I'm trying to think of who else goes out there. Jawan Johnson's probably gone, I'm guessing. Yeah, I like Jelani. Yeah, Jelani's down there. Um, yeah, let's do... What about Irv? Irv just got signed by the Bengals. Irv's got new hope uh, uh, we, to, catch, we, we, to catch a couple touchdowns. Yeah. Let's start with Jelani because I have I some yeah. thoughts. Um, On Jelani? He's a big human. Specifically on a roster. Um, do you want to go 
let's see what's available for RBs real quick. Anything jumping out to you guys here? Just keep scrolling. Um... Alberto Aban about by the dip season. <laughs> I don't hate a ban a banicanda or or I guess Dearness technically as a handcuff. Rich any. Oh, let's see. Yeah, because Kendry went that whole little spear. Did, did Ty J Spears go? He's yes. gone too. He's gone. Uh, you can just take the next. Just take, Kane yeah, is just... gone, I'm guessing too. Mm -hmm. Zach Evans. I have a 20th round running back um, that we can take after talking to our good friend Daigle that I take on occasion. So we can fire that. We we'll see. Another we'll see. I'm Daigle's curious. Been, Daigle, Daigle keeps talking about fucking Greg Dortch all offseason, so I, I'll wait. Yeah, for the or I, uh, the, the one summer he talked about Wayne Gallman the entire summer. But <laughs> he's on the 49ers, so like didn't make the team. Yep. Wow. I didn't know we were coming in here to roast Daigle, but I'm here. Ah, oh, yeah. Take it, Daigle. Yeah. <laughs> this is what happens when you don't show up to the Super Bowl party. Uh, that's good. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Both Cowboys guys are probably out there. I'm guessing both tight ends. Ferguson. Ferguson just went. Ferguson just went. Who's the uh, Who's the other? What's the other Cowboys tight end? Uh, Henderson. Yeah, Peyton Henderson. Yeah. I don't hate either of them. Mm -mm. Um, yeah, it's it gets real gross down here, guys. Ferguson, mm. they legitimately do like though. They will. I know uh, someone in the building was that was high on him last year. Like they were, they had McBride, and McBride went to the Cardinals. Like Ferguson was the next guy that they really wanted. So I do know that they are high on him. But what? yeah, and if, obviously adding Brandon Cooks throws a, a huge wrinkle into the rest of it, all mm -hmm. that. A tight end's just not going to get the target share they had last year in that offense. Not the same, yeah. Do we think that that offense is gonna? It's gonna be good, man. It? I think it's gonna be good. I think so too. They're they're really talented. Like the Cowboys have a shitload of offensive talent. Are we just gonna fall for it again? Yes. Well, yes. Yeah, yeah. And then they're gonna. But yeah, because pe people legitimately think Dak Prescott is a bad quarterback, which is I, which he's blows my awesome. mind. Which absolutely blows my mind. Like they think he's actually like a real bad quarterback. Like they, you, like an NFL team doesn't want to have Dak Prescott. It's the microscope of the team, though, because it's the Cowboys. Right, so it is. Every, but... every little thing that he does wrong is magnified to the 10th degree. And... We really went through an NFL season, though, where like people legitimately debated whether Dak Prescott and Justin Herbert are bad NFL quarterbacks. Like, that <laughs> happened. Like We lived a life that that happened. Like, there was a legit six-week window where people were like, Justin Herbert's not even that good. What? what what the hell are we doing? Like, has, has anyone watched? There's not even 32 good people on the planet that play quarterback. Are you going to tell me Justin Herbert's not one of them? <laughs> That's my that is my favorite when people do the like, and it goes it goes both ways too. Like they'll be like the really good guy. They're like, well, he's he's not very good. I'm like, okay, name you can't even name five better. Like you can't even name five better than than Justin Herbert. Like we can debate that obviously, but I'm like, okay, how is he not top ten in the world? at playing quarterback. And then the opposite end, they're like, oh yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo is above average. I'm like, I don't think you know what, I don't think you know what above average, I don't think you understand what above average means. Like uh, he is, he is an NFL quarterback. I will give you that. Above average means he's better than like Kyler. <laughs> like, I don't think you understand quite what you're saying when you say someone like that is, you know, above average or bad on the opposite end. 
I'll have some Devontae Adams this year, but that Raiders offense is the one that I am staying away from. Well, they did draft a bunch of guys who can't run downfield to fit with Jimmy, or they did pick up a bunch, you know, it's a bunch of slot receivers and Devontae Adams. And uh, and I don't know who's going to – O.J. Howard? Was it who they picked up at tight Austin end? Hooper right? and O.J. Howard. Hooper, yeah. These, I mean, these are good fits for Jimmy G, if we're being totally honest, you know. <laughs> Renfro, Jacoby, <laughs> O.J. Howard, and Austin Hooper. It feels like the all Jimmy Garoppolo team. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna flip because if you look at Devontae Adams last year, you know his his yards per catch spiked, his uh, catch rate went way down because he feasted uh, in deep targets larger than he had over a course of his career. It's gonna oscillate back now, where it's gonna be more the intermediate game, uh, and he can win there. He's gonna be fine. Like Devontae Adams will be fine. He's just gonna yep. get a bunch of targets, and he's he's really good, and he's gonna win in that area of the field. But it is gonna definitely shift to where you won't see him you know, hitting those deep shots that he, there was like four or five plays last year where, where McDaniels legit had Devonte Adams scheme wide the hell open for like bombs. Mm. Uh, and, and they hit him. Uh, I don't think Jimmy G's hitting those. No. Uh, Warren, Warren actually has a video of you search on his timeline where he has the Jimmy G's like 18 longest throws with the 49ers. And it's a video <laughs> clip. It's like a two and a half minute video clip. It's absolutely okay. incredible. It's I'm incredible. It's absolutely incredible. It's right in your lane for sure. Yeah, oh like, oh, yeah, that, that shit's shit going to be reposted to Twitter weekly for the next like six months. <laughs> All right. We grab no offense. Um, I like Howell if we're going to go to a quarterback. We have Tyquan Thornton, though. Do we want okay. to stack him? With... We don't have to. I don't think we have to. I, I just prefer the quarterback archetype of the upside one. I don't hate, I actually don't hate Mac, but I, I think I prefer Howell. Rich? Uh, I would rather go Howell of the two. Okay, we'll take Sam Howell then. Uh, nice. Clearly, Sam Howell in the nineteenth. I'll take. That's Sam. nice. That's fine. We understand. I mean, I don't hate stacking. You're the you're the Patriots hater. You you've been talking about how they suck, and you know their best player, Jacoby Myers. You you think is terrible. So how the hell can we stack this offense? I can't endorse Mac Jones. It's just against my brand. You guys can draft him on another show. It's against my brand though to 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 take Mac Jones. I don't like Mac Jones either. But 19th round Mac Jones for a quarterback that's probably starting the whole year. Say, who gives a shit? You were the one arguing about not taking a second quarterback. I, listen, Why do we if, care? If, if Meek Mill has anything to say about this situation, <laughs> Mac Jones is not starting the whole year. Well, that, that's my – I do think the Patriots would be in on getting Lamar. And I, What I, do you think the other non-Lamar Jackson text exchanges that Meek Mill and Robert Kraft have? <laughs> Let's explore that. Like, what are the other texts that they share? I don't well, think you want to know the answer to that question. You might want to know, but I'd, uh, it might make you uncomfortable. Yeah, it's about uh, it's probably about <laughs> spas, and, spas about, yeah. and about the Mount Rushmore of rap is what I would say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're debating Pac. Are they debating Pac versus Biggie? Is that what is uh, yep. happening? Yeah, who is on Robert Kraft's Mount Rushmore of, of hip hop? Um, cool Modi. <laughs> <laughs> Sugar Hill Gang, <laughs> Grandmaster Flash, Grandmaster and Flash. Tone Loke. Tone Loke. <laughs> That's a good list. That was impressive. Yeah, off that the was cuff. good. That was a good pull. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, that was great. 
Where does Tone Love rank on your uh, rapper or actor, Mount Rushmore? <laughs> oh, uh, rapper, actor. In Ace, Ace Ventura is, uh, is high level. Excellent, excellent, yes. He was great in Ace Ventura. Um, <laughs> he's up there. I don't know if you remember that. And like, very... Of the late 90s, early 2000s, where record companies were putting out their own movies. Like, there was a bunch of No Limit Records movies. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They were awful, and I watched every one of them because I listened to all of that music at that time. I'm like, I have to see this Cash Money Millionaires movie. And I <laughs> it was terrible, <laughs> but I watched it. All I remember is Lil Wayne coming out of like a out of like one of the freezer things in a convenience store from running from the cops in that movie. It, oh God, it was so bad. We've we've absolutely derailed this show. That's fine. It's 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 March twenty eighth. Well, you've really definitely led me down a a path. I'm remembering. Remember uh, what was the basketball league that Master P played in? You mentioned oh, no limit. Yeah, what, what was, was that? The, I was trying to look it up real quick. Master well, P. It was almost the NBA basketball. I mean, he was good, and uh, Lil Romeo. Uh, yeah, was legit good at uh, at basketball. Yeah, he went to UCLA, didn't he? He's. He's. I don't. I don't know what what ended up happening. I don't actually remember. But he, when he was like a freshman in high school, he signed his letter of intent with USC. He was yeah, like a like a legit, really, really good basketball player. And he had a Bugs Bunny chain that was worth more than my entire life. So he also uh, rap snacks. He was the original uh, person yeah. on raps on rap snacks. Was Lil Romeo? Now it's you know everybody's on on, on rap snacks, but uh, it was Lil Romeo to begin with. Look at us. Who thought we would get to Little Romeo by the time? <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the Konami. That's the Konami code, right? <laughs> you win if you talk about Little Romeo. This is why I'm guests on on shows. Yeah, exactly. So this is Daigle's guy, Chris Rodriguez. Chris Rodriguez. Oh, this dude is horrible. Okay, <laughs> is he? This this makes what, sense. What's the sell yeah. on Chris Rodriguez? I gotta, uh, I gotta text him. You gotta text Daigle Please. because this this was a Daigle special. So if we would have had more time, I would have put him on speaker. We could call them and made it like a <laughs> and made it like the phone a friend. Oh yeah, yes. I mean, by all means. <laughs> I gotta gonna... know what the pitch is for Chris Rodriguez. Is there any other running backs here that we see? That do you think? Like do you think Pierre Strong is dead? And I no. prefer Evan. I prefer Evan Hall to Chris Rodriguez because Evan Hall can actually, you know, catch passes and and such. Um, Is Dwayne mm. Dwayne McBride out there too? Like he's another like. Yeah. What about McBride? He's another throwback dude that's just gonna be like better. He's not gonna catch any passes, but it's just gonna be like a pain in the ass to a lot of people because he's such a he's such a good runner. Yeah, you got drafted. Yeah, people are on it. See, I don't. I don't feel like Pierre Strong oh, is dead. I Everybody's don't absolutely not. Not for James Robinson. No, James Robinson was was benched for Zonovan Knight. <laughs> like he might be toast, man. And I think his, I think um, James Robinson's contract is like nothing, too, right? Like they could, yeah, be fine. So that's something that could. It was all incentive based. His it was like rushing, uh, rushing centered based. All right, let's run through this team real quick. We drafted Josh Allen and Sam Howell at quarterback, Nick Chubb, James Cook, Khalil Herbert, Alexander Madison. I'm not going to say it. Israel. Abanacanda. Abanacanda. Pierre Strong, 
for our RBs. Wide receivers, Jamar Chase, Christian Kirk, Jameson Williams, Kadarius Toney, Gabe Davis, Rashid Shaheed, Rondell Moore, Tyquan Thornton, Khalil Shakur, and tight end, Dawson Knox, Jelani Woods, Jelani Woods, Noah Fant. I think we missed our running back somewhere. We probably should have pivoted off one of these wideouts and grabbed one more RB. Let's see the big board. Let's see the whole board. All right. Oh, can we still? Can, can you still do it? Yeah, view, view the whole draft. I mean, I definitely think that, yeah, we could make a, a swap for one one wide receiver for one running back, but it's not. I mean, sick in a hero RB team, six, I think, six, I think Broke is okay. It. No, I'm doing something to make it um, more feasible to see. Not share your whole goddamn monitor and just share the window. <laughs> Listen, um, here's the deal. I have to do this through not Chrome anymore. I have to do this through. Oh yeah, you got it. This is why you're. You got the. Now we're talking. Yes, now we're talking. I'm saying so. We could talk through like if we don't take Josh Allen or if we don't like other. But we hit the receivers after Josh Allen. We knew what to do there. So it's not like we bypassed anything. Yeah, I just think that it's easy to say like, oh, your structure was not perfect. It's like, I, I think oh, yeah. good, good, good picks at every single one. And you, and if you want to flop, yeah, if you want to change Rondale to Ty J Spears, like, sure. I, I, I understand that, but it's not like we drafted four running backs on this team. You know, it was like you're splitting hairs over six versus seven. And I think sometimes myself included, but like the best ball space is like structure, structure. You have yeah, to yeah, draft yeah. this, this exact amount of players at each position. And I think that that's a little silly. No, I, I'm not saying the amount. I just think that we could have upgraded one of the running backs earlier, like in this, in this range that you were talking about with Rondell Moore, maybe, but it's yeah. like not a huge, huge deal. Mm-hmm. Well, my hot early takes are that Deshaun Watson is going to move way up. Uh, as we move on, uh, DeAndre Swift is way too low. Uh, I understand it's invoked to hate him, but man, DeAndre Swift, <laughs> I got to get some more of these if I can grab some sixth, seventh round, especially with the way we want to draft wide receivers and way wide receivers are going. Like he's a perfect guy structurally to add. Uh, I'm trying to think if I got this math right on where the rounds were going. So one, two, did he go? So did he go after Damian Pierce? So no. Uh... Oh no, he's going. So yeah, Damian Pierce right after before, him. but like the same, right? Basically, like the same. He almost fell to us in the beginning of the. I will say round. this: Jameer Gibbs ahead of DeAndre Swift is chaos. Yeah, <laughs> it, isn't the isn't the hope is that Gibbs is Swift? Yeah, <laughs> like that's, that's what you're that's what you're hoping for. Yeah, that's chaos. I'll I'll, I'll love to, to buy in on that dip all day. As a guy that was completely out on Swift last year, I'm fully in, and it's yeah. just because of where he's going. Yeah. It's, it's you don't hate players, man. You hate price points, and, and 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 structurally, he just fits. Like he's the archetype of running back you look to hit on, right? Like at that area of the draft. Um, and I look at that where that whole area looks really good. To be honest, Aaron Jones probably being left for too much dead. Uh, Dobbins, Do- yeah. Dobbins, the Lamar panic. I assume is what's putting him in the six. But like now, fully healthy, J.K. Dobbins. Well, both of those Lions backs, like man, that's a great price for both Lions backs. Like, right, we're talking about Swift, but like Demont is a good pick too. I'm not, I'm not hating on David Montgomery at his price either. They're both good. Cam Akers is going in the seventh, right? Like I, I don't know that that range is sexy for running backs. That's why, like, if you look at these drafts, and I know you guys haven't been on them as much, but 
that third round running back, I'm usually grabbing one of the three guys that we talked about, Chubb, Pollard, or Hall. And then I don't have to grab another running back until like that swift range. And sometimes mm-hmm. I can grab like swift. If the Cowboys and... don't draft a running back, Pollard's going in the first round. Yes. Well, that's why I've been grabbing a lot of Pollard because I am concerned that he is going to move up to the first round. Yeah. And you're going to. You're gonna be looking at him. It's gonna push CD down a little bit. He'll be right in that, like where where like where Saquon went. Like he'll jump Kenneth Walker for sure. Yeah. Easily. Do you think I he... thought he was already going to? I thought he was already I thought he, I did the I spent way too much time thinking about the whole Pollard thing. It actually was a helpful thought exercise or whatever. Thinking about like the fact that he was literally the best, like maybe one of the best picks in fantasy. Again, in this like seventh round range or whatever, when Zeke was there, when yes. we're like, dude, we all know Zeke sucks. We all know Pollard's good. All you need is Pollard to like just be Pollard. Yep. And God forbid if Zeke goes down, Pollard is a first round pick. Like he's a first round value. It's like, but because he's technically a handcuff, no one would take him. And then it's like, well, now they're probably going to bring someone in, was my thought at the time. But I, but we're going to jump him up to the first round, you know, or the one, two turn or whatever. But he, but that's not, you know, that my thesis was now we're going to put him at the one, two turn. And like, what if they draft someone? God forbid, what, what if Jerry drafts Bijan, you know, like, oh shit, this looks really bad. But I mean, the third round, that's crazy. He's a first round, he's a, he's a first round value, assuming nothing else happens with the. And then when he's the first round, you don't buy him because he's going to be too expensive for his archetype. But now he's fine. Do it's Saquon. That, it, it's what you said with Saquon. Do you think the injury is something that people are just like, that's what they saw? The last the last image of Tony Pollard was a broken leg on the field, and they're scared to draft him? He won a lot of people money. I feel like people are so being like. Mm-hmm. I just, I think that sometimes people. Players that win people money are, are typically loved again. It doesn't matter. That's a fair that's that's point. <laughs> that's why all the guys. That's why all the guys that I uh, tout every year go way later the next year because they don't win anybody any money. Gabe, Trey, Trey Lance, Javante, Javante. (laughs) Let's just run down the Chiefs, the fucking Broncos. Let's just run down the whole list of all these guys. But you, I mean, you can, you you obviously have to pick and choose. You don't get caught like uh, honey potting Allen Robinson, like guys on downward trajectory. But there's definitely a lot of those situations where if you just come back in and buy guys that people were in on, that are cheap like Gabe Davis, like you, you can prop. There's easy profit to be made in a lot of those spots. A uh, Broncos in general, to me, feel like a, like they're the Broncos have too much talent to like be as bad as they were again. And maybe Russ is just done, maybe. But I'm gonna find out a little bit. I also think you can draft P Ryan. We talked about. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. You know, like he 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 looks awesome. Like he he's gonna have a role regardless. And who knows what's up with Javante? Who knows? Um, how truly competitive they are down the stretch, and there's no real reason to push Javante down the stretch, and you could get a workhorse P right. I mean, that's not super sexy, right? He's not going to rip off 60 yard touchdowns, but 25 touches is 25 touches, and all the high value touches. Um, there's a lot. I, I really don't understand the Broncos' prices very well, but I guess the the trade chaos. But um, yeah, the I trade, think, and then yeah. they were they were scorched earth, man. I mean, they they were legitimately horrible last year. Yep. <laughs> but they still, towards the end of the season, like Russ had a few strong weeks to close the season. Judy was really good, like the last yep. six weeks of the year last year. Um, we know that and that the- system with Sean Payton is probably not going to be the worst. It's definitely not <laughs> Nathaniel Hackett levels. Uh, the <laughs> the running backs especially are going to catch passes in that offense. Yeah, uh, 
I, I'll never forget the uh, that it was the Chiefs Chiefs game. Sutton was out and Judy scored three three touchdowns and Russ had like five total touchdowns or whatever. That was a that was a fun that was a fun game. So they showed signs little little bit of signs of life uh, down the stretch. So I think it's just like at this point now, all of that disappointment is baked in. Right. Yeah. Last year, last year, like a lot of the optimism was baked in and I still bought. But this year it's the to- it's the total opposite. And the same thing like with Gabe, like eighth round Gabe or whatever is like like I, I as a person who was buying last year, am worried about it right in March, what what his role looks like. But like if it is how it is right now in the beginning of BBM and he's going in the eighth round, like that's terrible. Like that's 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 ridiculous. I'll, I'll be buying that, too. I think there's a lot of opportunities like that because last year was pretty chaotic. Uh, and he still scored eight touchdowns. Yeah, right. We're not talking about Allen Robinson. He didn't do what Allen Robinson did. Like he he wasn't, you know, he he wasn't a first round pick or whatever, but like he approached a thousand yards and eight touchdowns. Like that's fine. It's fine. I'm so glad I didn't get burned by Allen Robinson last year because I was just like, nope, not doing that. Really quick to sum up and the Gabe thing. It's a good but it's a good example of some of the things that we talked about is that I was talking about Gabe in that, like, again, this this was like earlier on, like, let's call it fifth round, right? He rose, but a lot of the wide receivers rose up. And I was like, okay, some, if I'm not allowed to draft Gabe Davis, I posted this on Twitter, who in this, in this area of the draft do I need to draft instead of drafting him? There were two answers in almost every reply. Allen Robinson and Brandon Cooks. <laughs> And so, it, and so it was like, look, I understand that Gabe wasn't awesome either, but your alternative, the, the real answer was Amon Ra. Amon Ra was yeah. the, 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 the only, really the only correct answer. But it was like, there wasn't really anybody here that was a quarterback. It was basically quarterback. You should have drafted Hertz, was like the answer. But it's like, Mahomes. yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, Mahomes. And Amon Ra's ADP but, on underdog, particularly, is way overpriced. It's correct. I, I, it's it's the more I like I, I think about it, it makes me sick to my stomach because he's so good and I want to have him yes. on teams, but it's tough. But the, this format is totally not for him on any level because he's the inverse of like Nick Chubb, right? Like he gets propped up by PPR, but doesn't score a lot of touchdowns. And the weeks where he doesn't score touchdowns, he's a floor play. But you're taking him next to guys uh, like DK Metcalf and Devontae Smith. Uh, and you know, near Arthur uh, Juwan now, not Arthur Juan <laughs> anymore. He corrected us all, so it's Arthur Juwan. Uh, but yeah, I feel like Amon Ra, especially in this format, without the full point, like he is very steamed up. He is very aggressively priced. Where you can end up like Art, like Marquise Brown could for sure be arbitrage in this format on Amon Ra St. Brown, like a hundred percent. I also think that Amon Ra led the league in like getting tackled on the one last year. Yeah, that's what Jamal Williams benefited. Jamal greatly. will tell you, yeah, <laughs> from Amon Ra. Yeah, it made him quite a bit of money. So, and their random tight ends kept scoring touchdowns after Hawkinson uh, left. Brock Wright and uh, uh, oh my gosh, create a player B. But we talk about like yeah, archetypes, exactly. right? Like you. You have to have Amon Ra run into like the Cooper Cup outcome and not the Keenan Allen outcome. Exactly. I think he's very exactly. much still on the Keenan Allen spectrum than the Cooper Cup, uh, the Cooper Cup one. I think Cooper Cup is definitely more of an outlier, anyways, for that archetype. But uh, <laughs> Cooper Cup catches deep targets. Yeah, he's right. Always open. You yeah, talk but about it's a- always being open. Like that's another guy that like I'm like, how is Cooper Cup always as open as Cooper Cup is? It's it's unreal. Dude, did, remember the uh, two years ago, for, was it first round game against the Bucks? 
um I can't yeah. whatever the play the play first round game and like literally the Rams did nothing else but throw the ball to Cooper Cup the the game the season is on the line and he's being doubled by the Bucks and he still breaks off for well, like last a year, yard catch or whatever it was. Last year that team was absolutely abysmal and he was still better than Justin Jefferson for fantasy. It's crazy. On it's a per crazy. game basis before he got hurt. Like and that team was a, a absolutely cesspool. Like it was they started like that point where like their 15th offensive line combination. Tyler Higby was second on the team in targets. Like <laughs> an absolute disaster. They couldn't run the football. Like, you know, it was and Cooper Cup was out here thriving. Like just thriving. Sean McVay was contemplating retiring at 17 years old. So, <laughs> yeah, and Aaron Aaron Donald's still the best defensive player in the NFL, and he was like, I don't know if I can fucking do this, if I can do this anymore. You know, uh, now Jalen Ramsey is gone. Probably going to be if the Rams can upgrade the offensive line. It's pro- everything you just talked about with Cup is going to happen all all over again because they're also going to give up even more points this year. And if Stafford's back and the offense is back to being to being better, which is supposedly what they're trying to do, right? Is trying to um, kind of reshape not rebuild but kind of reshape and move things back towards the offense and and win that way but um we've held you long enough rich we really appreciate yeah, you yeah, I coming i got to meet you guys in person for the first time uh, a couple of months we had a good time we can riff it's march it's fun to talk through these scenarios and uh you know whether you talk about liking drafts now i will just say on the way out that yeah just try not to think as linear linearly as uh, you know you know come out think range of outcomes stuff like that you know with, with some of these thought processes on some of these guys it's the best way you can do it. it'll make you so much better at playing the game do you have anything specific coming out from your end here and like leading up leading up to the nfl draft that people should look out for uh this this next month period i'll be doing like a like team needs stuff and it's not fantasy it's more on the real football side or walking through all the rosters and contract situations uh and it seems headed to the draft me and dan pizzuta at the site uh, so that's kind of what I'll be doing the next month. And then listen, we're going to have players like on the teams. Rookies will be on, on squads. I just got to point out the great last of us still shot you have over your right shoulder. Rich. I love it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Pre pre-show. Yeah, definitely. Uh, now, now everyone's in on it in the drafts, at least the drafts were on the show. Yes. I literally just just recently started The Last of Us, so don't shame me for being being late. But now I'm I'm in. I'm I'm in. I'm hooked. And so, uh, perfect. Uh, maybe I'll have to go watch one after this to co- to cool down from all this <laughs> spicy, all these all these spicy takes. Um, Rich, you'll, you'll love this, Rich. Um, I was watching it with Kelly, who you met as well, and biggest animal lover on the planet. And her first thought when she saw a giraffe in the show was. Uh, Look at all the meat they could have from killing that <laughs> Where did you get that? I feel like uh, like uh, like taking a giraffe down and that it's got to be tough in those circumstances. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Seriously. Uh, it's uh, definitely a thing. But yeah, I could talk about The Last of Us, but we will let you go, Rich. Let's do this again. When yeah, I, I'll, I'm going to force my way on the, uh, the the ghost show or the other pop culture show, uh, and we'll talk about a bunch of stuff that I caught up on this offseason. Sounds good to me. That's beautiful. One last thing for the, the Spike Weekers. I know it's not football-related. I know you're here to listen to Rich's football takes, but tomorrow, uh, NBA playoff best ball draft at the same time. So be back here, 1 p.m. Eastern. I'll be doing some NBA playoff best ball drafts. Um, NBA season's winding down and yes, we're in, we're already in football mode, like a bunch of degenerates, but, uh, NBA playoff best ball, one of my favorite formats. And if you, if you enjoy best ball, fantasy football or whatever, uh, DFS, 
sports betting anything um these playoff tournaments are really really fun and a ton of fun strategy so we'll be diving in to those tomorrow and lots more nfl stuff obviously leading up to the nfl draft so uh for of course for myself and for rob and for rich we'll see 